Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about the value of personality and likability in that persuasion conversation. Oh, wow. Come on, Ann. I'm, I'm over two on this. I'm not qualified. No, you have a personality. Yeah, I, okay. Im, Im, implicit in what you said is a good one, though. And, you know, let's <laughs> Dave, everybody loves you. You you have the personality of 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 Dave Rosenberg. Wow, you had to work for that one. All the feedback, all the feedback I get on this podcast is that you are the rock star. Well, thanks everybody. <laughs> no, but it's 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 something that's been been kicking around in my head and you're very likable and you have a great personality. So let's get on with it. It's been something that I've been kicking around a lot as we talk about persuasion and sales conversations. And I learn more about how to have the sales conversation, right? I always kind of go back to the importance of being likable and, and showing your personality and people wanting to work with you. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, being likable, it to me is a landmine phrase and i think i've spoken about this before i I never i never believe our goal should be likable i think when our goal is to be likable we're going to open ourselves to behaviors that actually have the opposite effect okay i i can and i can i can completely i i completely agree with that because it it can seem if that's your goal and that's and you're doing strategies to be likable it'll kind of come off as desperate and and like be my friend and like in disingenuous or you're saying yeah yes or what i see more often is people become the quote people pleaser and so Mm. you know the i think i I know i've shared the story at least 20 times uh my wife's former co-worker when she was working who was a real people pleaser and we went to the movies once uh, all of us and we're walking by a, a, a high-end watch store and i've always loved tag who are watches i've never owned one and I, I was about to say something like oh i've always wanted a tag who are watch and for those of you who are not familiar we're talking about very expensive watches and my wife like elbowed me before she knew i was going to say it and she elbowed me because there's a very real possibility this woman would gift me one at some point and it's not that she's uber well uber wealthy she's not but she's just one of these people that you know oh this is how people like me and the problem that came that ended up is like we came to the realization that we have no idea if we really were her friends because she'd be friendly mm. to people's face and then behind their back talk bad about them and it'd be like okay what do they say about us well and it's similar to the multi-level all not all my multi-level marketing friends, but a lot of my friends who are involved in multi-level marketing 
when all the reach outs and all the contact we have is, hey, we've got a new promotion on our such and such a product. And it's never like, hey, how are you? Happy birthday. Hope your mom's okay. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think, I think, I guess what I'm asking in, in the topic of this podcast is where personality comes in. You know, I mean, because a lot of our sales conversations, we have sales scripts. And when you call on the phone into a, you know, into a, a big organization, oftentimes you can totally tell that they're reading off the script. At what point is there more value in being personable and I guess genuine and, and showing your personality a little bit versus sticking to the script? And you have more, more experience with sales scripts than I do. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I don't believe they're mutually exclusive. I've written quite a few scripts. I've worked from quite a few scripts. And I believe you can internalize a script to the point where you can inject your who you are into it. So it is genuine and still following a script. Having said that, if you're giving me a choice between reading from a script or being genuine, I pick being genuine every time as being mm. more successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. And, 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 and I like that you distinguished it with being genuine, because I think that as I, as I hear about sales tactics and strategies and negotiation strategies and all this, I feel like if I'm just trying to do the strategy and I'm not being a person, <laughs> then I'm going to have a really hard time being persuasive at all. Yeah. It's fine. I remember and years ago, um, as I was in the sales force and learning my craft and we would do negotiation tactics. Um, you know, we, we would come in a little higher than we wanted to be knowing that many people would want to negotiate and, and, and candidly, you know, sometimes people wouldn't and they would pay a few percentage point more and that was fine. Um, the way we were operated, but most people wanted to. So this way we would negotiate down to a price point that we could still live with and they looked, and felt like they were getting a deal. And, and I remember a couple times where like somebody was like trying to scratch the last hundred bucks out of a, say a 10 or $12,000 deal. And, and I'm like rolling on the floor, just say, kick me when I'm down, you know, and playing and having fun with it. Right. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, the, the, I, I wasn't acting, but I was having fun. It was personality. They were laughing at it, you know, and, and those sort of things can work. Everybody knew we were playing the game. Mm hmm. Yeah. There's no secret that you're negotiating. So by injecting that humor and a little bit of personality is what yeah. you're saying. That's exactly yeah. it. Well, you and know, it seems Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, when, when, when I come in and say, you know, it's 15,000 and they say I can only afford 10 and I say, well, let me see what I could do. I could do 14,995 and they say I could do 10,001. <laughs> Clearly we're negotiating. <laughs> Not well, but you're negotiating. Well, and I, and this is where I think mastery comes in. And it reminds me of, of speaking. When I know my content and my keynote and my flow and my story so well, I'm able to inject things in the moment that show personality, that show that I'm present with them, that I'm not just doing what I do with every other call. Would you agree that a level of practice and mastery allows for you to make that hybrid of of script to genuineness? Oh, it, it's required. You know, yeah. I, when 
So when I was at Communications Plus, we had a script for what we call our, our, our first meeting with clients, our, our initial meeting. We called it a step two. Step one was the setting the appointment. So step two is your first face-to-face -face meeting. And we were very clever with the way we handled our... Oh, well, yeah, just got an alert. I love when that Tell happens. them I'm busy, Dave. Yeah. Um, let me figure out how to silence this thing now. What the heck with it. So if you hear beeps and boops, folks, just deal with it because I have to. Um, and so we had a scripted step two. And at some point I got promoted, became the VP of operations and the, the GM slash sales manager, who was a good friend of mine at the time, said to a new salesperson, listen, if I'm not around, ask Dave. He was top producer before he moved to the other side and, and he could guide you. And she came up to me and she said, what advice do you have for me? And I said, memorize the step two word for word. And when I mean word for word, not like you're reading it, you know, to somebody, but it to the point where you can say it naturally. And when I would do the step two, I would intentionally put in ums and ahs and stop and pause mm. like I was looking for words, right? It's acting. In fact, uh, um, David Sandler, uh, who the creator of Sandler Sales Training said, sales is, I'm trying to think how he said this, sales is a stage performance put on by psychiatrists. And his point is that you're, it is a performance and you have to know psychology, but you have to be present in the moment. So again, I'm not saying be scripted and be fake. That seems sort of counterproductive to what everything our podcast says, but there is an order to do things in sales. And if you've internalized it to the point, you can make it natural. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's where it comes in is being able to make it natural, being able to go in and out of that as you want to inject that personality and inject that humanness in the conversation. But I, I mean, I do think that if it is an either or proposition, having some of those tactics are valuable. Do you agree? Well, which tactics do you mean? Well, the sales tactics and like negotiation strategies that you're taught in a book. Oh, absolutely. Over Look, just kind of going with the conversation. Yeah. They, they're in a book and they're being taught for a reason. They're effective. Mm. Right. Now, we're not, I want to be clear here, we're not talking about manipulation. And some of what I did back then was clearly manipulation. And I got away from it. You know, we used to tell stories about why we could give a discount that were lies. And back then, you know, it was like, I was just being taught, this is how you do it. And I did it. And, it, and I was successful the problem becomes if you get caught right then and you always do the credibility goes out the window so i moved from telling a story like oh we just had a client order something they were an old client and then you know we didn't we didn't know that they had bad credit we couldn't get them approved we already bought the equipment we have the equipment we could give it to you at a discount because otherwise it's going to sit on our shelves till the next person right that was a story i was taught to tell to listen if you act right now, it's worth my while to give you a discount because time is money, which is the truth. Yeah. Right. If you're interested, uh, uh, this is you, you'll get no better time for a discount than, than right now. You know, if you're not if, if you're not ready, you're not in a position to make that that decision today, this second. That's fine, too. No pressure. Just letting you know if you are ready. Now's the time. Well, and, and, and that's go ahead. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. Uh, folks, by the way, we're, we usually do this on video so we could see each other and not step on each other too much. Anne is traveling. She's in the godforsaken place of Michigan where they have no internet. <laughs> so you know, right now she's got a Dixie cup and a really long string to San Diego. And so we don't see each other. Yeah, it was it was hard to get the string to stretch that far, but you know, it's working. <laughs> um, and now I've forgotten my question, but I'm looking out the window and the fall foliage is beautiful. Um, so this is my challenge. And and I, there may be some people on the in the audience thinking this as well. And and this is why I've been asking a lot of questions on this, is because I'm trying to figure it out myself. I'm not the I don't have the sales experience that you have. So one of the questions that comes up for me is when I'm using tactics that always feels smarmy and disingenuous to me when I'm trying to say, Hey, you know, I'm trying to move people along or whatever. How, how do you, how do you get over that and build the confidence to be able to use these strategies with a genuine, you know, personality and, and comfort level, I guess. Well, one, I, as I sort of alluded to a minute ago, I kind of don't do it anymore. Um, because it does feel swarmy. When I used to do this, you know, this is we're talking, we're going back um, 20 years, by the mm. way, just folks. So, you know, so we, we live and grow and learn as as we get older, um, or at least hopefully we do. That's always been my goal. Some people never do. <laughs> right? And that's an episode for a next time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back then, it was one of those things, like the first time I did it, I did it because I was told to do it and I was going to listen because I, you know, one of those students, so you say to do it, I'll do it and see how it worked. And then as it started to work, you started to have fun with it. And it, it, again, it becomes a game. And, and, I, and what I would do in my head is justify it by saying, listen, I'm not giving them, I, I never lied about what they were getting and what it would do for them. Mm-hmm. my lies, and I'm just going to call them what they were. They were lies. And of course, everybody listens who knows me this today. I'm about accountability and integrity. As I mentioned just a minute ago, we grow with these things. We grow and we change. My lies were about why I could give it to them cheaper. And what's the harm there? We're just negotiating for price. And if they if they agreed at a price, whatever the reason is, they're happy with that price. It's, that's a sufficient value for them. This was my justification in my mind. Right? I, I, so, let, let's do this if we could. Let's hot seat you, Anne. Give me a real scenario you're struggling with and let me see if I can guide you. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. Maybe we'll all learn something or maybe we'll go, oh my God, this was the most boring episode of all time. So let's find out. <laughs> well, so the, the scenario in my life is Speaker A and Speaker B, Speaker Anne and Speaker Bob, or Beth, let's just make the gender situation not a situation, um, are up for consideration in for a conference. And my thought is like, if they like me and they like my personality for their stage and their audience that year with their theme, then I'm good to go. Like all I need to do is show them who I am and what my content is and what problems I solve for their audience. And that should be enough. But Beth may be better at the sales conversation than I am. So I guess the question is, what would you inject from your sales experience that could make me more compelling than just giving them what I just said I would give them? Okay, this is a mouthful because it really talks, really what we're talking about is the sales conversation and asking more questions in the early on, asking a ton of questions about what their outcomes are looking for, mm -hmm. right? What they've tried in the past, how well it's worked, 
right? So that when you craft your proposal, whether it's a verbal proposal or a written proposal, it addresses all their concerns. So if Beth is better at the sales conversation, what you're really, if she's truly better at the sales conversation, it's not about the quote close, the end of the conversation, because that is all set up in the beginning by the questions you ask mm. then. So my question to you is, are you doing that? Are you asking them about outcomes and why and what it means to their attendees and what they've tried in the past and how it worked out from what, what worked, what didn't work, what, why didn't it work? What are those challenges so that you can then address that at the, at the proposal stage? Yeah. And, and the fact is, I guess I'm better at this than I thought, because the other day I had a conversation with a conference um, and, and basically the whole first part of that conversation was questions. Um, so, and, and so that I could say, oh, you know what? I do that. Or another conversation I had, they asked, you know, we're looking for DE and I, which is diversity, equity, inclusion. And I was like, Hey, that is not my specialty. I don't want to sell myself as that. I do difficult conversations, but not specifically in that topic. So I want to make sure you know that. And interesting, they, they ended up going with me too, but, but I guess that's, I didn't realize I was using that as a sales tactic. Yeah. That's, I mean, I guess that's I am. What, that's what really good sales is. It's finding out what their real needs are. And, and I always go back to Miracle on 34th Street when uh, uh, Santa Claus <laughs> referred uh, the, the, the customer to Gimbel's. He was working at Macy's as yeah. Santa Claus, right? And he referred to the Gimbel's and, and uh, old man Macy got all pissed off until word got out that Macy's cares so much about people that they were sending them to their competitor. And all of a sudden Macy's got really busy, right? And if you're just being genuine, this is too early, just be genuine, care about them, that will come across. And, you know, for something like the DE&I conversation, because I know you talk about difficult conversations, you easily talk about difficult conversations, which is your, you know, one of your strengths, is like, okay, well, what is it about DEI exactly you're looking for, you know? They might go, mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we have people from diverse cultures and there's, they're, they're, they have challenged talking to each other. Okay, that may not be a DE&I issue, right? That may be a difficult conversation issue or, right? And so now you find out what the real needs are and then you, if appropriate, let me pause and say that again, if appropriate, we're not trying to shoehorn a square peg into a round speech, but if appropriate, then, then you talk about it. Let me give you an example from my world. Uh, I am being considered for a conversation uh, or for a keynote that is centered around communications. Now, as you know, I talk about accountability. Well, that's not communications. Or is it? Because the way we obtain accountability is by having clear communication about a, a myriad of different subjects I won't go into, but it's all about how do you communicate your, your values, your purpose, your vision, Right. And where does that miscommunication occur, which then causes problems with accountability? So in a nutshell. Right. So I can take my conversation, my talk mm -hmm. and couch it in forms of conversation without altering my content. And so that then became just how I put my proposal together to highlight accountability as a conversation, as a communication tool or as a result of communication, as opposed to coming at it from a different angle. Mm, I like that. Well, and I think, I guess this is a mindset issue for me. And this is an important thing for people to think about as they're trying to be persuasive and be in these sales scenarios is, are you thinking something 
is something that it's not, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm not being genuine if I use some of the tactics, but apparently I'm using the tactics. I'm just using them within that conversation. Right. Tactics aren't genuine or disingenuine in and of themselves, right? They have mm -hmm. no, right. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, right? It's the application that makes them that way, right? Whether they become, I could use the same, I could use a Ben Franklin clothes, right? If you're not familiar folks with the Ben Franklin clothes, it's an old Tom Hopkins closing technique back in the day when we would beat people in the back of the head until they said yes. And the Ben Franklin clothes is simple. You'd say, oh, Ben Franklin, when he had to make an important decision, he would take a piece of paper, put a line down it, and then one side he'd write pro and the other side he'd write con. And then you say, all right, so let's, what are all the, reasons to buy my product and or service, right? And of course, you're pre-prepared with this and you write down like 40 reasons because you've already got them all memorized, right? And then you turn the paper around and you hand it to the prospect and you say, now write the reasons not to do it. And on the spot like that, I guarantee people are going to come up with two or three, right? And, and you've already said, and what Ben would do is say, whichever side had the more, that's the direction that he would go. And then, then you'd go like 40 versus three. What do you think? And I go, oh, I guess I got to follow what wise bread Franklin said, and I'll buy your product or service. Is that manipulative? No. Can it be? Yes. If mm -hmm. I'm selling you something you don't really want or need, and I'm twisting your arm to do it. Mm. Did Ben really do that? Was he the pros and cons list guy? You know, he's never told me himself back in the day when we used to hang out. <laughs> I believe that when you were flying your kites with your keys on them. Actually, we were hanging out in Paris with all the, never mind. Um, he was, <laughs> apparently, he was quite the ladies' man in Paris. No, well, he had so many Delta miles, he'd fly over there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love Delta miles. Yeah. At any rate, we, well, <laughs> Having lived in Michigan, we're the hub right there of Delta and uh, formerly Northwest Orient Airlines. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we completely digressed. Anyway, like, I, I don't, does no, this help you at all? No, it totally does. And I think this is, you know, sales is such a sticky wicket for a lot of people. And, and, and we talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about teams. But in persuasion, you know, that sales conversation has to happen. And um, whether it's selling ideas or selling products and services or, or whatever, selling, you know, initiatives at your company. So um, as you're having those conversations, making sure that you're just injecting that personality, but also thinking about some of those strategies that you can use in a, in a, in a honest, genuine way. And I think that sounds like the win. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, we've sort of more from how important is personality and, you know, when you first asked the question, I thought, well, you know, like, do you need to have a big personality like you? Can you be meek and mild like me? Uh, whatever that might be. Uh, and I said, <laughs> Sorry. First time anybody's ever called me meek and mild and I had to do it. Um, <laughs> right. But it, right, it doesn't mean you need to be a big personality. It means you need to be you. Yeah. I gotta be me. Sorry. I know you're the singer. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. That's the, probably the first time that's ever been said about my singing too. Um, well, and, and I think that's the key is because I think about going to the coffee shop and, and ordering a coffee or going to the grocery store, whatever. I love it when they look at you and you can have a conversation with the real person, you know, and, and it's not all about the transaction. It's also about being real with people. 
And um, I just did a, a keynote this morning on building resilience in chaotic times. And I could tell from the culture of this place that everybody loved the CEO. Everybody loved the executive vice president. And, you know, he, they were both very involved, very engaged, very personable, very honest, very vulnerable. And they were real. And I could tell that they probably had a lot of sway with their teams. They could persuade them to jump on board. Well, when you're real and vulnerable, right, and and we've said this countless times now, we're, 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 I don't know what this is, 100 and plus episodes. This is probably every episode, right? I mean, let's be honest. Persuasion isn't that complicated. Be real, be caring, right? Mm -hmm. be, be more interested than interesting. Right? Mm -hmm. All those trite sayings, right? It's if you're con and this goes back to your point about manipulation or, or lack thereof or sales tactics. If your heart is truly in a place of I want to help, you're not manipulating. Right? I love it. Yep. Yep. And and basically the sales conversation becomes, do I have something that solves their problem? And, and by finding that out, then you can tailor what you do have or say, no, I, it's not. Yeah. And, you know, I've taken this. I've had people who was like, listen, I'm looking for a futurist. Right now, clearly, I'm not a futurist. In fact, if you were around <laughs> in the early 20, early part of 2020, when the pandemic first broke out and I was predicting we'd be done by the summertime, clearly, I have no ability to prognosticate whatsoever. Right. <laughs> So being a futurist, not my cup of tea, right? So my point is, coming from a place of genuinely caring, I don't go, oh, that's that's not me, goodbye. I go, oh, would you like a recommendation? Because I know quite a few futurists, as I'm sure you do as well. And the same would come up if somebody asked about DE&I from a perspective, and it was legitimately like, okay, so you really want to know how to be more inclusive um, in, in your marketing, in your advertising, in, in every aspect of your business. Oh, let me make some recommendations, right? And, and I would do that or whatever it might be. It might be a sales. I don't do sales training. It might be sales training, right? I'd make those recommendations. Now I am fulfilling their needs. And right. that's where my heart is. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it's sending them to gimbals, right? I mean, it's, it's being Santa Claus and saying, oh, cool. I don't do what you need. It sounds like, but I got somebody who does. And like you said, so often that makes them come back to you and think of you really fondly, especially if you send them great people, which is yeah. a great reason to have a great network to be able to help them and understand other pieces of your business um, so that you can make those recommendations. Right. Which to bring it full circle, maybe it's not full circle, but intersecting the circle earlier back to what we talked about this is where that early sales conversation is so important because if you don't understand what they really need and people won't tell you not because they're being evasive although sometimes for that reason right sometimes people don't trust the sales process they think if i tell you exactly what i really need and why then you you're you're going to force your product and service on me and it may not be the right one. So let me feel you out and let me make mm -hmm. the determination, right? That's, that's yep. the tug of war that goes on. But if you can be genuine to the point where they go, you know what, they do have my best interest at heart. Look, here's what it really is. This is why we're doing it. And, you know, and you're like, okay, well, that's, that's not something I can help you with this year. You know, here's where I here, here's my strength. And by the way, folks, I've had folks who go, you know, we're looking for this and I go, well, this is not where I play. I play here. You know, this is, you know, accountability, yada, yada. Here's how I think it intersects with that, but it's not an exact fit. 
and and because you know, I go, here's some recommendations. They might go, you know what? I think I could get you in the program, right? Mm -hmm. Again, because you're not forcing yourself there. Right. And you're being honest. Like, that's not what I do. I'm not telling you that I do what you want just because I now know what you want. I'm telling you what I have and maybe it'll fit it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think and I think the, the bottom line is it's not about personality. It's not about tactics. It's not about likability. It's about genuinely caring about what the other person needs and wants and is trying to accomplish. That's exactly it. it, it, it that's folks, whether it's sales or leadership, right? Yep. The, the difference between the two is in leadership, we want people's personal um, wants and desires to be any what's in their best interest to align with the company's best interest. We need to get those in alignment because people always do what's in their best interest. In sales, we want their best interest, our our product to be aligned with their best or their company's best interest, right? So we're not forcing it. We want it to be genuine. But the tactics, the strategies, um, what works in one works for the other because it's, it's two sides of the same coin. Yep. I love it. Well, I think we pretty much wrap this little puppy up with a bow. All right. Sold to the lovely lady in the red hair. <laughs> that would be me to the lovely man with no hair. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. All right, folks, until next week. Well, see you next week, everyone. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonney at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.